This is Keyshawn Rains, the host of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains, where amazing things happen. A series of past the collection plate style conversations with a Creole, queer, femme, yogi, mom, coach, author, and of course, podcast host with a nomadic soul, a quirky sense of humor, and an activator of empowerment. These conversations are just a chance for me to speak on ways to be mindful in a mindless world. Stories are shared, folks are empowered, inspired, and impacted to be more phenomenal versions of themselves through simple conversations about complex like love, life, and the pursuit of being real. Thanks for listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title. Today, I am sharing a conversation with a friend who I've known for a handful of years. When Lori and I first met, it was at a very, very different time in both of our lives. And so this was actually the first time that we had had a chance to really just catch up. And I was not sure exactly what direction the conversation was going to go. And somehow we ended up talking about yoga. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you. I think it'll be enlightening, inspiring, possibly a little humorous as well. So sit back, get comfortable, take a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths, and get ready for another conversation. Al? Okay, so because you know I'm of a certain age. <laughs> I love your room. Oh my gosh, that's like I see that Thank room you so on much. Instagram, and I'm just like, well, maybe not this room, but like a variation of the this other room. one. Yeah, yeah, the other one. Okay, so this is kind of weird because I have Zoom. Do you see how it's really wide? Yeah. Well, it looks normal. It looks like a normal width. It doesn't but look like-, like I can come all the way back here and like chill. Can yeah. you still hear me? I can, okay. Yeah, I can still hear. So, <laughs> because I'm of a certain age, I figured out how to get the, I need to talk to you here. So it looks like I'm looking at you. So I figured out how to get the um, Zoom instead of using the the computer Mm -hmm. camera Mm -hmm. to get the camera from my mirrorless, my Canon mirrorless camera. Mm -hmm. I was so tickled this morning because I was like, Char, I am so smart. (laughs) So I got like podcast microphones. and then I'm like, the video that you see is coming through my mirrorless camera. Which is very crisp, of course, because it's a right. better, it's a higher quality, a higher grade camera than what the like FaceTime camera would be on a Mac or something like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I was like, okay. So I, um, I was like, I'm just, I'm going to figure this out. And then, so, you know, being of a certain age, you need good lighting. And I have like absolutely no makeup on right now, which I can't even believe like. But you are in like, your lighting is so favorable (laughs) that, and then putting on the glasses just kind of gives you like the, I intentionally didn't put makeup on today because (laughs) I am just so scholarly and inquisitive. I don't have time for such trivial things. And Let me tell you, <laughs> you know, fake it till you make it. Girl, <laughs> that is the theme of the beat in my 40s, I feel like. 40s is fake it till you make it. It's like, you know what? I spent a large portion of my life trying to act as if I have everything together when in actuality I didn't have anything together. And yep. something happened when 40 hit that was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't yeah. care. I don't care. Yeah. Seriously. I, you know, it's like, you know, 40 is kind of like, act like, you know, even if you don't, you know, and there is such beauty that comes when you just don't care. You don't care. And especially like, um, <laughs> sometimes I hate the fact that I follow my daughter on Instagram. Because I see, you know, she's out here living her life. Mm-hmm. She's doing her thing. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's making, like, really good nurse money. She's mm-hmm. living on her own. She mm-hmm. has her own place in downtown L.A. I was like, hey, girl, if you want to um, if you want to spend that much money on rent, you know, that's your prerogative. You make that money. Nobody can tell you what to do with 
your money but you right go right ahead. i can't prevent you from making you know whatever do you girl right be beautiful have that 400 weave <laughs> do your thing do your thing um and i was speaking with somebody else they were talking about oh you know my grown child and blah 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 and then she doesn't and she doesn't she doesn't i'm like girl why do you care? I'm like, does your child live with you? Mm-hmm. Well, no. You know, she lives with her boyfriend. Do you provide money that mm-hmm. takes care of her upkeep and her living situation? Well, no. Mm-hmm. Why do you care? Yeah, these are a lot of no's. <laughs> this is a lot of unnecessary um unnecessary worry and unnecessary like mental strain and stress thinking about another adult person's life like you said do they live with you no are you financing their lifestyle no are they in danger you know where you need to like inter, you know interfere intervene or whatever no are they healthy okay I mean it's like at that point you gotta yeah I mean I'm I look forward to that. You know, right now my son is still in college, so He's I feel in college, like yeah. there's still like a cushion of okay, we got two more years, you know, of this, of this college cushion because the college cushion is real. You know what I mean? Like I don't think I think I think it's it's a cushion for both the the student and the parent because yeah. the student's like, okay, I don't really have to like you know, depending on what their experience is, I don't really have to like work. I don't really have to worry. I can just kind of focus on my studies, build great relationships and kind of just graduate. And the parents for myself, I'm like, okay, well, I know at least nine months out of the year, I don't have to worry about where he's at. I don't have to worry about if he's eating or not. I don't have to think about if he has a place to live. And then Mm -hmm. we split the summer between myself and his dad. And then we send him right back to school, you know? So it's like, the best childcare ever. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> it's the most expensive. The most one. expensive childcare on the planet Earth, um, and because his, you know, his education plan, I don't see him going to grad school. If that's something yeah. he decided mm-hmm. to do, you know, yeah. he could explore that later. But I think um, for him mm-hmm. and for his area of interest, I don't see that being his path. So we will get off this expensive childcare plan soon. Um, but yeah, when the time comes, you know, so yeah, well, I'm so glad you're here. And I mean, everything worked out Thanks well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for saying <laughs> yes. I, 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 I just, I feel like you're one of those people when I was reading over your, um, your responses to the questionnaire, you know, something that you said about, you know, one of those people who should take their own amazing advice. And as I was reading that, I was like, she does give she does give really good advice so (laughs) she's actually quite quite good at that so um so before we like dive all the way into this I just want to give you a chance to um to introduce yourself to the listeners and the viewers of this podcast that we're recording today and also to let you know that you know you can take up as much or as little space as you'd like I'm going to ask you some questions and we're going to touch on a couple of things that you shared in your questionnaire and then just kind of see where the conversation goes um it's meant to feel very relaxed and informal and then at the very end i have something a little special to offer you and yeah that's that's where we'll take it from there so um, all right cool yeah so i'm gonna let you take the mic and introduce yourself just tell us your name where you're from and what you stand for okay so my name is Lori marie shaw taganod <laughs> i'm from um I'm from many places, but predominantly Southern California. I used to be closer to LA. Now I'm in Orange County. Um, That's a whole other podcast in and of itself. Um, What do I do? Up until um, I'm a chef, I'm a trained chef. I am an integrated nutrition health coach. I am, uh, let's see, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a part of the LGBTQIA community. I'm a woman of a certain age of 46, soon to be 47. Um, I, let's see, I've done a lot of things and up until about a couple of weeks ago, my life has been centered around helping my family kind of run and maintain the family business. Um, 
because due to COVID, things just really, really shifted. So I worked, um, I worked, I say it in past tense, I'm actually leaving my job to uh, work on my business full time. My last day will be uh, the 8th of April um, at my, at the former family business, but um, was there kind of the director of good vibes for the family's animal hospital and everything kind of got shifted and all of my time and energies were devoted to that because of COVID. Um, my in-laws last day at work was last night was yesterday. And I got the blessing to kind of move on right along with them. So now I'm moving into, I'm moving back into my, yoga and coaching business and my focus with food breath and movement is to inspire people to really take ownership and control over their health we don't have to settle for you know the ailments the aches and pains and the, the illness and really sickness of what we see you know, our parents and our grandparents, mm -hmm. you know, go through. Mm -hmm. uh, the majority of illness and dis-ease is, and the, the things that people die from, especially in the United States, it's mm -hmm. all lifestyle. It's all preventable. It's, a lot of it is reversible. And the things that aren't reversible, they're manageable. Right. Without a whole lot of medical intervention. Right. You know, I'm about Western medicine, but I really wish me Western medicine would kind of change their focus from, you know, guessing at a diagnosis and prescribing pharmaceuticals to mm -hmm. getting to the root of what the problem is. And a lot, and a lot of times it, it, the majority of the times it starts with food mm -hmm. and then when you get the food part, if you dig a little deeper, a lot of our pain and disease, you know, it's like the, the book, the body keeps the score. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is, is emotional mm -hmm. and it's things, past traumas that have been stored in the body. So the food part, that's where the chef comes in, mm -hmm. the breath and the movement, that's where the yoga instructor comes in. Um, the food, breath, and the movement, those three things are, you know, what I believe are the pillars to just good health, you know, good health. And, you know, you can start with one and let it move over into all three, or you can just dive into all three all at once. Um, it, you don't, it doesn't have to be perfect as long as you're trying, you know, so that's, that is, that's the basis of what I do and where my business is going. And, um, did I cover it? <laughs> you did. No, you definitely did. You definitely did. So when you, when you talk about, you know, getting back to this, this practice or this business of coaching and yoga, can you tell me a little more about how you found that path in the first place? Like what got you there? How'd you arrive there? Oh my goodness. Um, so I grew up like most black people in the United States with a Christian background. Mm -hmm. And I've always been the different one in my family. I've always been the one that kind of like didn't really subscribe to, you know, the book of family nonsense, <laughs> you know, cause families, families, it's, it's like, it's a tribe mentality. Mm -hmm. And those that do not, that go against what the tribe's mentality is, they usually get kicked out of the tribe. That's just to maintain, you know, that, that control, you know, what is that? That group think mm -hmm. of the tribe or the family. Mom and I mentality. never released, really, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, and I never really subscribed to any of that. I always felt different and was kind of made fun of because of that. And um, which is fine because, you know, as an adult, you know, you just like I see it now, like mm -hmm. it all makes sense now. And I'm glad everything I'm glad that happened that way. And I'm glad that 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 feeling of not fitting happened that way mm -hmm. because it, it's brought me to where I am today and that and not being judgmental and being very open and seeing things from all sides. So I've always, instead of 
kind of subscribing to that, you know, go to church just because mentality and do this and that mentality. I always knew that there was a lot of just things that were just wrong and just not right with the way I was brought up Mm -hmm. and brought up to think. And I knew that I needed to heal from some things. And I always felt deep down inside that yoga, like that whole like world was going to be the thing to help me. And it took me until like 40 Mm -hmm. to get up the nerve to go to a yoga class. Because one, my Christian background was like, oh, no, that God ain't in that. (laughs) That's idol worship. That's Mm -hmm. that's the devil, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So that prevented me. Mm -hmm. Um, Then um, being black, (laughs) being a person in a larger body, and not being athletic and not being flexible, all those things prevented me from stepping into a yoga class. And thank God for Yoga Lucian in Long Beach because I went to their beginner class mm-hmm. and gosh, what was his name? He, I don't, he's not there anymore. His name was Anthony. Mm-hmm. He was a teacher in the very first yoga class I ever went to. Sweetest, most soft-spoken guy. I walked up to him and I was like, I've never done this before. I'm terrified. And he was like, it's okay. Okay, you know, and there were three other people in the class, and thank God for him, Yoga Lucian, in that class. And that set off my yoga journey. And after my first yoga class, I got to the car. I like gathered up my things and I ran out to the car, got in the car, and I ugly cried for like five minutes because it was like a release. Mm -hmm. It was like I knew that I was I was right where I was supposed to be. I, it was just that that release yeah. and it was just not only a physical release, but there was an emotional release because all of these things get stuck inside your body. Good. Do you get chiropractic adjustments? I have. I haven't had many recently just because, well, two reasons. One, because I was going to get them regularly when I start, mm-hmm. started having like sciatica and these other back issues. And then after... Western medicine, you know, intervened and I had Mm -hmm. MRIs and discovered, oh, this is not an alignment issue that's causing this pain. This is actually um, a degenerative disc issue that's causing the Mm -hmm. pain. So the chiropractic alignment wasn't really, adjustments weren't really giving me the relief. So I was like, why am I doing this? Let me do massage or acupuncture or something like that. But Right. Well, I have an office, I have a place for you. Okay. that's a whole other conversation okay. once when we're done we're anyways <laughs> so but just like with um like with chiropractic adjustments I got a chiropractic adjustment mm-hmm. for the first time and I got to the car and I cried mm-hmm. because all of that stagnant energy is locked deep 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 inside and you just need to move things around so that's how I got that's how I got into to to the yoga part okay and then um when I decided, I decided to become a yoga teacher because I was like, there needs to be more black fat people teaching yoga, period, period. And there needs to be more fat, black, older Mm. yoga people (laughs) teaching yoga, period. So I went, I went and I, um, Got my certification and the best feeling in the world is sitting at the front of the class and seeing women that are around, you know, our age group Mm -hmm. that are of color. You see them and they are right where you were when you walked into your first yoga class, terrified, like, oh, my God, can I do this? Mm -hmm. And like walking in and wanting to leave. And then they see me sitting at the front of the class and they're like, oh, oh. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you know, and I'm like, come in, have a seat. This is your first time. Do you have any questions? I'm like, okay, you don't have to be perfect. Just be you. Right. And if you need to lay down, just lay down and breathe. Right. It all is going to work the same. Just, (laughs) Just, you know, just being here. Yeah. Just being here. I mean, my yoga journey started very similar to yours at Yoga Lucian in Long Beach. Woo woo. Yes. Um, I had just left a corporate job that was a very comfortable, well-paying job. It was also a highly stressful and uh, ridiculous commute required, you know, to maintain that job. And 
there was a sudden death in like an extended family member um passed away like immediately out of nowhere and i remember getting that call while i was at work and Mm. looking to my manager manager saying hey i need to step out just give just five minutes i just need to step off the floor i need to step out and they said no and i was like i'm gonna step out anyway I'm going to step out anyway. I literally just walked out of the door and went to my car and had that moment. I had to, you know, call and make the phone calls and everything and kind of mm-hmm. like gather myself. And as I sat in the car, I was like, I'm not going back inside <laughs> because it was that moment of the fact that I was told, no, I couldn't take five minutes to be able to collect myself and process this news that I got and that someone just passed away. The fact that I would have to bring myself back together to put on this face, to go back and interact with people and go back and do this job. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And so I text a friend, a sister friend who I knew practiced yoga and, you know, knew of this place that people talked about seeing them doing yoga outside, you mm-hmm. know, on ocean and was like, I think I want to come to a class. And she said, cool, come with me to class went to the class and the person who led the class turned out to be the owner of the studio and Mm. same same I left that class and was like walking back to my car saying to myself why didn't I do this sooner yeah um nobody told me this is what yoga was you know Mm -hmm. I thought it was just balancing and poses and this and that nobody told me that it was gonna feel so therapeutic and so visceral and so emotional Mm -hmm. and then I went back the next day because it was a donation-based studio and the teacher was like give what you can and I was like yeah five dollars because I just left my job so I just have to make this work and I did that for about three months and every class that she taught she mentioned that there was going to be yoga teacher training and that Mm. she still had spots available and I had just left my job and I was like, you know what? I think I think I want to do this training. And I went up and talked to her at the end of the class. And I said, you know, I know you mentioned that you were doing scholarships. I'd like to apply. And she's like, I have one spot left. And I was wow. like, cool, that's my spot. So I signed up. I got the scholarship. I worked all the, you know, extra hours at the studio. And I did that and went through 12 weeks of training. And it was life-changing, life-changing. And at the time when I started, I didn't go into the training with the intention of becoming a teacher. Mm -hmm. It was more because I wanted to know more about what this yoga shit was. Yeah. I wanted to know why come when I leave class, I want to (laughs) cry. Like, tell me what what is this really about? So Yeah, yeah, completely. I, it's so funny because it's like when it's meant for you, when it's something that's meant for you to do, like finances time it's just not it it it, it doesn't even become an issue when um I had wanted to do yoga teacher training like you just to figure out more about the aspects of yoga other than throwing your foot behind your head so you know I like you know I maybe about two years into it I was like you know what I I want to I want to take a teacher training not necessarily to teach but you know just to learn and um I was doing a google search and just I was like oh like three thousand dollars twenty five hundred dollars like wow it's super expensive I found Orange Coast College has a yoga teacher training program and um the woman that is like the the teacher she's the only teacher of the teachers Mm -hmm. um she got her master's in yoga studies from Loyola Marymount and um that training program was her thesis she 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 got her master's in yoga teacher yoga to for the intention her intention was to bring a teacher training to the community college level to make it more affordable so you're paying for you know what forty dollars per unit forty six dollars a unit at the time it was a six unit one semester class Mm. and was maybe in total if you paid out of pocket 
seven, eight hundred dollars with a forty five dollar book. Wow. She even wrote the textbook. Wow. Like this was all a part of her thesis. And um, she brought all that knowledge and, um, you know, her trips to India and the person that she learned from. um, What's his name? Larry Payne. You know, he's run the whole Krishnamacharya lineage. But I mean, I don't subscribe to that whole yoga guru thing. I don't. These people are human. They just wrote shit down and got a following. And some of them, a handful of them were abusive and, you know, sex addicts and, you know, whatever. But that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. But anyways, mm-hmm. the this <laughs> program at Orange Coast College, um, she intentionally brought it to the community college level. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, okay, $46 a unit, I could do that. Mm-hmm. So I went to signed up and went to go pay for, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. It cost me, <laughs> my yoga teacher training cost me a $45 book and a $35 parking permit. That's it. Wow. State of California at the time for older students entering back into college, you know, you have to fill out a FAFSA, yeah. right? Everybody got to do the FAFSA. Everybody got to do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. After the, I filled out the FAFSA mm-hmm. and they were like, okay, so we have the, all this, the 46, whatever unit per unit that's taken care of. Just all you got to pay for is your book and you got to pay for your parking permit. Wow. I was like, <laughs> sign me up. Well, all right. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think paying for the registration for Yoga Alliance costs more than the class itself, the training itself. Yeah, yep. because you have to and you have to pay the the fee to be part of Yoga Alliance every year, like to mm-hmm. kind of maintain your licensure or your, you know, whatever connection to the organization. But yeah. Yep. Wow. That's yeah. unheard of. I've never in my life heard of anyone who is currently a certified yoga teacher that has paid less than a thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and even if, even if, even if I hadn't, for whatever reason, yeah. got this blessing from the state of California, mm-hmm. it would have cost me less than like seven hundred dollars. Still, even then. to take that teacher training but with anything even in my experiences in culinary school Mm -hmm. you do not learn like you don't truly learn it until you're out there doing it you learn the very basics of anything whether it be cosmetology Mm -hmm. cutting hair whether it be doing makeup whether it be cooking Mm -hmm. yoga whatever you do not truly learn things it does not become a part of you until you are actually out there doing it so i don't know for me for for me for anybody that is thinking about becoming a yoga instructor Mm -hmm. it's like don't get too hung up on where you go and who you're learning from. I mean, by all means, be selective on who is mentoring you, mentoring you. Right. But don't get caught up on, you know, this facility over that facility. Don't get caught up on, you know, names are the people teaching, are they good people? Right. You know, are they, you know, people that are just really appropriating in a bad way? Well, yeah, I want to say that because I, I know that when I got to the end of my YTT and started to really dig into the Yoga Alliance as an organization and started to explore like, okay, so... So I'm the kind of person who's like, I want to know the beat, like the original source of this, like whose idea with this was this and kind of follow the money kind of vibe. So as I started to dig in, I'm like, oh, this is just a business. This is just mm-hmm. a collective of yoga scholars. We'll call them that or and a collective of business owners and financiers and marketing gurus and mm-hmm. bookkeepers and all these people just built a collective and said, hey, 
there's a way for us to make ourselves the governing body in the United States in particular that can say whether or not people teaching this practice in the United States are licensed, are skilled, are insured, are otherwise qualified to charge money for this particular service. Mm -hmm. And we're going to create this governing body that says that they can do that. And then the way that we continue to generate revenue as this governing body is by charging yoga teachers to be certified under our organization, to charge yoga studios, to become certified yoga schools, to offer unique certifications in prenatal or, uh, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, like able-bodied, you know, f- to be able to facilitate yoga for different, differently abled bodies and, and mm-hmm. chair yoga and this and that. And so when I started to peel back the layers, I was like, wait a minute, because I was really thinking about after my first year of teaching, after I'd gotten certified, I was thinking about going and getting another certification because mm-hmm. I have a 350 hour cert. I was going to go and do the 500 hours and I was going to go do the thousand hours. And I had this whole business plan. And then when I started to look at it from that perspective, I was thinking, well, I don't want to spend any more money to get any more right. certs. I would rather just teach as often as I can travel and teach in different places and different environments, mm-hmm. get to know different styles of teaching, learn from some of the best, you know, and particularly to be able to learn from other black women who were teaching in this industry. And Mm -hmm. so social media played a big part in that because I was able to find people through social media, through Instagram, follow them, interact with them. And then when I had a chance to go across the country and spend time on the East Coast, I was actually able to go and like sit with these women and and like tell me what the real deal is, sis. Like, mm-hmm. how are you ending up on the cover of these magazines? How are you leveraging these contracts with these, um, you know, athleisure bland, brands? How are, how are you doing this? And a big thing that they told me was because at the time they were the only one. There was no, right. you know, it was kind of like they were getting in on the diversity platform. Mm-hmm. You know, they were getting in on the inclusivity platform, but it wasn't, and this is no, um, no shade to their their progress because obviously they've been doing the damn thing chelsea and koya and faith and they're Mm -hmm. tracy they're doing the damn thing and at the time i was looking at it like okay if i'm gonna continue to invest money in this particular industry or this profession i have to have a plan as to how i'm gonna recover that because otherwise Mm -hmm. i'll just teach when i teach I'll make it accessible. I'll make it free. I'm not really in it for the money. And that's the direction I ended up going with mm-hmm. yoga because I discovered that I had more interest in really teaching other yoga teachers or other healers or other practitioners who want to be able to make a profit how mm-hmm. to do that. Because that yeah. was the one thing that I feel like was kind of, it was gl- grazed over. We kind of touched on it in the last mm-hmm. week of YTT. Like, if you want to make this into a business, you can, but there wasn't yeah. a lot of like practicum that was worked into that. And so when I took a step back from teaching altogether and really sat down and was like, what do I really want to do? And what are the things about yoga that really that really fuel me? And it really had nothing to do with the mat. It was mm-hmm. all the other, you know, eight limbs, all the other limbs, the other practices, the mental practices, the spiritual practices, the, you know, the the abstainings and all those things that's the stuff that really spoke to me and i haven't taught a yoga class in almost two two what including you know 2020 almost Mm -hmm. three years yeah haven't taught a class yeah you know i i haven't taught a class since i'm like can i even still teach a class i haven't taught a class since maybe i think october of last year I felt like all this pressure I was teaching consistently and then um I'm also employed with UC Irvine as a teacher there and I love the fact that every class that I was able to teach for whatever reason it was all women around my age a little younger and a little older around my age that ended up in my classes so I taught mostly you know, faculty and staff, Mm -hmm. not really the students, which Mm -hmm. fine by me, you know, you have to be able to relate to your, to your teacher. Mm -hmm. But, um, when COVID happened, my classes at the Pilates studio stopped, Mm -hmm. um, 
my classes at UC Irvine stopped. And then I felt all this pressure to like, you know, go online, you know, do these online classes. Mm -hmm. But like, for me, I'm a very sensitive individual. Like I cannot watch the news. Mm -hmm. There's certain things I can't watch on TV. You know, I'm married to a Filipino person. So like all of this stuff with, you know, things that are going on with, with, you know, hate crimes against Asian people, Mm -hmm. the shit that goes on with black people, you know, that happens to us, like everything that was going on at the this time of the year, last year, year. Mm -hmm. it it was like, I just, I I couldn't, I couldn't. And even at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. um, right after the election, I'm just a very sensitive individual. So for me to like, I needed to process. I needed to process Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that was going on in the world because that stuff, it physically affects me. And that's, that's a lot of what is in the vein that, you know, I'm trying to help people with is, you know, how to regulate your nervous system so that you can manage your stress because a lot of people when things we all have been living in with just taxed out nervous systems period mm-hmm. the last 12 plus months easily and all of the stuff that we were going through before covid happened it didn't go anywhere it was still there mm-hmm. all of our issues we were having with our families our work everything else mm-hmm. then covid happened and then all this change happened and then, you know, things are starting to look better, but then you kind of kind of in this place where we all have to like grieve the lives that we had prior to March 2020. Like things will never be the same. Right. And so for me to try and hop online and teach classes consistently, you are giving a lot of yourself when you teach a yoga class. Absolutely. You are giving so much of yourself. Not only are you giving of yourself, you are taking in and holding on to things that the people in the room. Well, because you become a, you become a a receptacle in a sense where you're, you're taking in, you're receiving everything that everyone else is releasing. You're holding the space for the class as a whole to make sure that everyone feels safe, everyone feels comfortable, everyone feels seen and included. Yes. And then you're also pouring out into the space. So it's, yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's an emotionally laboring experience. And yeah, yeah, doing totally. that for other people in 2020, I was like, I tried yeah, like at the beginning. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I tried at the beginning of 20, at the beginning of COVID. I was like, oh man, I got to be of service. I got to show up for my people. I know I need this. I know we need this. And yep. I was teaching virtually for a, for a gym for a couple of times a week. And then I was doing virtual things on Instagram a couple of mm-hmm. times a week. And I was like, this is a lot because I mm-hmm. felt myself shifting out of showing up transparent vulnerable authentic and Mm -hmm. showing up like okay guys we're gonna do this yoga and it's like i don't want to do that bullshit because that's yeah that's not really how i want to show up for one and then two i don't want to show up trying to pour from an empty cup i don't want to squeeze out the last bit of my energy to be able to show up for other people i have to really be selfful and selfish yeah. and internal and, and internalize the, the energy that I need instead of feeling like I have to give it out. And so right. I think that when, like you said, when COVID happened, it's not like it erased everything that happened before that. It wasn't like all the traumas, all the challenges, all the stressors just disappeared and was like, okay, here's COVID. Now everything else disappeared. Now, if they did that, if they were like, hey, all the credit has been wiped out. All your loans have been... If that's yeah, what they decided to do, I mean, fine. We'll take a little virus if that's what we got to do. Yeah. But that's yeah. not what happened. So now right. it's interesting because I was thinking about this. I was talking to a friend earlier. Um, even just recently, feeling there's just another shift, you know, that's happening mm-hmm. because we're we're at the 
you know, the annual point of like this time last year, we were in what the second week of quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, this time last year, everybody was having to readjust and reevaluate. People were experiencing loss. People were experiencing death. People were experiencing, you Damn. know, financial strain. All these things were happening and it was happening at the same time for everyone. Yeah. And then the, not to mention that the fear. Exactly. The fear and just the uncertainty and it it was just crazy yeah it was crazy i don't think and then also it was like we god when you like really sit down and think about it this wasn't just happening to a community it wasn't just happening to a city a state a country this was global global this was like the entire planet was like going through it at the same time and at the beginning of this i was like okay so there are some things that we all need to learn in this process Mm -hmm. i'm like the longer it takes for us to learn them the longer it's going to take for us to get out of it. That's right. And nobody freaking learned. Nobody freaking Nobody learned. listened. No, and it was and it was about the huge lesson that I see just on the surface. The huge lesson was mm-hmm. you got to give a shit about somebody else. That's right. It's not at all about you and yours. You have to care about other people. Right. And the majority, the masses did not get it. No. Still are not getting it. You know, and it's just like the whole like, you know, changing of the guard as far as like government, like Mm -hmm. people like kind of waking up Mm -hmm. and and all of the responsibility that comes because, you know, awareness, once you gain awareness about something, you can't ever lose that. No. And it's like if you ignore it shame on you. So a lot of people were becoming awake, were waking up, mm-hmm. becoming aware, gaining this awareness about a lot of things, not just about things in the world, but things about themselves, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just like this weird, like awakening. I don't know. I just feel like the masses didn't get it. I feel the like masses, they didn't, I feel like they didn't want to get it. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, do you want dessert? Here's the dessert menu. And you're like, oh, no, uh-huh. I'm good. You see what's on there, but you're like, no, I'm good. I don't I don't want that. That's mm-hmm. not for me. I'm going to pass. I feel like that's what happened. I feel like the, you know, veil was lifted or the curtain came down or whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. things were exposed. A lot of things were exposed, I would say, during mm-hmm. 2020 because people were in front of their screens they were being confronted with things that they might not have wanted to look at and then also Mm -hmm. because of what was happening during quarantine parents were at home with their children spouses were in the house together people who were single were alone you know alone Mm -hmm. alone so I think that there was a lot of things that took place that required people to kind of like you said wake up and then some people just chose to snooze to go back to sleep you know because I think that when you have those moments of awakening or enlightenment or evolution, you can't unknow it. You cannot mm-hmm. practice it, but you can't right. unknow it. So it's kind of like yeah. up to the individual as to whether or not they're like, okay, I know this now and I'm either going to hold myself accountable for this new knowledge that I have and I'm going to practice and I'm going to live differently or uh-huh. I'm just going to like hope that nobody notices that I'm kind of just doing the same shitty things I was doing before. You know right. what I'm saying? So right. Yeah. Right. And and then like on the on the on the brighter side. On the brighter side. <laughs> yes. There was so much art. Yes. That happened so much um so many like new businesses were birthed out of necessity mm-hmm. so many um ideas were birthed that those are the ones that got it those are right. the ones that got it right and i had always said when i was in yoga teacher training because mm-hmm. this is how thorough my yoga teacher training was shout out to ashley mckeechee we did a lot of like visualization exercises mm-hmm. like bhavana and we had to do a five-year one mm-hmm. five years after we finished yoga teacher training mm-hmm. 
And mind you, this was in 2018 or 19. I don't remember. Way before COVID. Right. Right. I, in mine, I said that, you know, I was writing about um, a wellness studio Mm -hmm. that not only did the wellness and the wellness, it wasn't just yoga. Mm -hmm. There was, um, there were yoga classes and part of the yoga classes was um, every yoga class was also being streamed. So for that wellness studio, there were members all over the world Mm -hmm. that were tuning in. So if there was a class at 7 p.m., you know, in L.A. or let's say noon in L.A., Mm -hmm. somebody at three o'clock on the East Coast was taking that class at the same time as everybody in that room with the community, they were taking that class at home Mm -hmm. via live stream. Right. Girl. (laughs) And you know, and the thing too, when you think about it, it's like, I remember being in yoga teacher training, finishing up and saying, you know what? I don't want to be, I don't want to be attached to a studio because again, I'm Mm -hmm. coming off of like, I'm leaving this corporate job. I don't want to be managed. I don't want to be supervised. You know, I want to do my own thing. And now that I have this knowledge, I have this wisdom, I need to go out and practice it. Mm -hmm. Part of what we had to do was 40 hours of teaching in order to Mm -hmm. get our cert or whatever. So once I was done, the first thing I got to do was go teach on a cruise ship. The next thing I got to do was go teach in New York. The next thing I got to do was to go to Atlanta. So I started Mm -hmm. seeing like, oh, I can actually just travel with this thing and build community in different places and yeah. and be able to have that freedom, that nomadic you know, movement that I really wanted and to know mm-hmm. like, okay, this kind of vibe, this positive vibe, this, you know, breath work, this, you know, peace work that people want, everybody can benefit from this. I want to just mm-hmm. go other places. And so mm-hmm. I think what also happened, like you said, during COVID was, people recognizing that there's a need for community. We as Mm -hmm. human beings, we're pack animals. We thrive in community. And so when community is compromised, you know, or we're separated or isolated, this is what we crave. And so before COVID in the summer of 2018, is um when I put together this, you know, it's my efforts of like, I'm going to do a masterclass. And I did mm-hmm. this masterclass experience called Rooted. And it was deep diving into all the eight limbs of yoga and brought together these black yoga teachers. And it was a really cool experience. And I know that life happened and it was like a one-time thing. But every time I talk to one of the teachers who was a part of that, they're like, when are we going to do that again? When are we going to do that again? Um, now, yeah. because of this, we can reach so many more people. You know what I mean? We can go so much bigger with it than just people who are in LA who can drive to the studio off Arlington or whatever. It's like now we can go so many many places with it, you know? So I agree. I mean, I think that this technology has been available for so long. However, now I think as a culture, as a society, we've embraced it as, as a norm. It's no longer like a thing that some people do. It's like the thing that everyone must do if you want to be. Able oh to, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you if you if you want to te- if if you are a yoga instructor and you want to teach classes, you have to be open to this technology. Right. And you know, I was like looking like with the classes that I taught back in um, September, October mm-hmm. and part of November um, of last year, I was like, I'm, I'm going to start teaching again, doing a couple classes online, mm-hmm. but there, you know, I'm not a power yoga teacher. No. Um, because after you hit 40, 45, you have to approach physical activity totally different. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not a power yoga teacher <laughs> at all. Not I, neither. Girl. No, my 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 style of yoga and classes that I teach are about downgrading and regulating your nervous system, period. So you can sleep better and so that you can actually rest um, because that's when all of the healing takes place in your body is when you're resting, like truly at rest and your nervous system 
is calm. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that is my style of teaching yoga. I so that. I was looking at some of the, the past videos that mm-hmm. of classes that I did before, and I just had like this huge problem with Zoom, man, because like the video quality, the sound quality, it's just a little bit, it's not all there. And then especially for yoga, people really aren't paying attention that much visually. Mm-hmm. It's they have to be able to hear you really, really well. And mm-hmm. I noticed and I'm really sensitive to sound too. And um I noticed with Zoom, sometimes like the the sound quality can be like very like tin canny or mm-hmm. glitchy, mm-hmm. just weird. And so I'm like, not everybody is strange like me in that. Yeah. Like I can hear a bird Across flying the around. I'm like, do you hear that? It's a wild parrot, which we do have over here in Fullerton, by the way. Um, so I'm like, okay, how can I make this better? How can I make this a little bit more visually pleasing mm-hmm. and and more pleasing for the ears? So, you know, I've, I've invested a little bit in, you know, like, microphones and like lavalier mics Mm -hmm. and things to use um for classes because also in my classes it's yes it is movement Mm -hmm. but at the beginning the middle and at the end of my classes is breath work right so you know you at the end of my classes you feel very like they're they're very expansive Mm -hmm. you know so you're like You know, you're expanding in your lungs, you know, visualizing expansion in your joints, Mm -hmm. you know, in your heart center, you know, and just breathing into all of those spaces to open things up. Um, Because I feel personally, I feel that that is what the body needs. Once you reach a certain age, you know, once we've reached a certain age, we've experienced certain things in life. those things need to be worked out physically. You know, some of the things that we experience as we get older in life, you know, it's like aches and pains. And then, you know, not only that, but, you know, we hit our 40s and we we have experienced the loss of grandparents, which, you know, I know you and I both have lost our grandmothers. Mm-hmm which I know we both were very close mm-hmm. to our grandmothers. Mm-hmm. So people, you know, people in our circles are experiencing, like I, I have friends that are around my age mm-hmm. that have had cancer, mm-hmm. you know, now, you know, in my forties, I have to get a mammogram. So that's all my list of things that I have to consider. Exactly. That's real. Well, cause it's like you, I think when you, particularly for, for women also, you know, when you reach the 40 plus club, you know, mm-hmm. when you get your, your permanent, you know, wristband and your VIP. Yes. Badge. And we are all still okay. fine. By and the when way. you, when you get into the 40 plus club, <laughs> there's certain things that you leave at the door mm-hmm. and there's certain things that, that you receive once you cross the threshold, like, and yeah. here you go, here's a little bit of joint pain and here's a little discomfort. Here's a little, and a little sprinkle some insomnia in there. Let's go ahead. And, mm-hmm. jo- and it's like, I didn't ask for any of these things. Nobody yeah. told me. This was what it was going to be like. But then you also get this, like you said, this discernment. You know, you get this sense of awareness and this sense of this sense of really embracing your yes and embracing your no. You know, someone told me a long time. It's like it's either a hell yes or a hell no. And there's so much freedom that comes Mm -hmm. with that because what you're leaving behind is this need for constant validation or this need for constant acceptance. And instead you're carving out this other space that says, this is who I am Mm -hmm. and I am still capable of evolving. I'm still capable of transforming. I'm still capable of doing more. And I'm also going to say no to that because I don't want to do it and I don't like it. And if it's not going to really add value to my life, I'm not willing to create space for it. No, thank you. You know, so yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna switch gears because I don't want to keep. You okay, I'm time. sorry. <laughs> no, no, because I know I could talk to you for like seventy three hours, and I know that I guarantee there's other things that um, 
that you get to do today. So when we switch gears, um, I like to do this little experiment, experience I should say, called complete the sentence. And um, it's actually, there's three little things we'll do together before we sign off. So the first one is called complete the sentence. And what I'm gonna do is give you a couple of sentence prompts and you complete them however you'd like, taking up as much or as little space with each one. The first okay. one is, I am happiest when. Let's see. I am happiest when. I'm on vacation. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> I'm happiest when I'm on vacation. Yes. Yes. Vacation. Remember that? <laughs> remember, remember remember that thing where you used to get on a plane and go places? Oh, oh. yeah. Or you get stamps in your passport. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. I miss yeah. that also. Soon and very soon, hopefully. Okay. Mm -hmm. The next one is, I know I'm fed up when. I know I'm fed up when. I, I know I'm fed up when I just don't say anything. When I just like, I'm good. I, I don't even want to argue. Let's just move on. <laughs> You know, like, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> Check, please. <It's>, <laughs> yeah. I'm fed up when I'm fed up when I'm just like, I have nothing. Whitney Houston, I have nothing. Nothing to say. No opinion. Mm -hmm. And that tends to scare people. When I have nothing to say, people are like, oh. Damn. Yeah. D yes. Agreed. Agreed. How about... I know I've made an impact when. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh. I know I've made an impact when I I see mm -hmm. a change. Mm -hmm. I know I've made an impact. Um, for instance, I know because that's pretty vague. For instance, when I see a change, sometimes if if like dealing with the staff at at work, mm -hmm. um, sometimes you can you can offer advice or you know give performance improvements mm -hmm. or well within for for me you can give advice to someone mm -hmm. and. Um, Sometimes, you know, I can feel when somebody's receiving it, like when they're really receiving it. Mm -hmm. And other times it's like, you know, it's just like, okay. Or they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to kind of placate you mm -hmm. in the moment. But I know I've made an impact when I've either given some advice or I've been an example. And I see a change in people's behavior or I see them following suit. And especially if I haven't even said anything about anything and I've just been an example to someone, I know I have made an impact. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that yeah. feels so good. Mm -hmm. Feels so good. Yeah. That's a good feeling. When you, like you yeah. said, when you don't even have to vocalize anything or give it as a directive, it's just me living by example is creating mm -hmm. change and impacting other yes. people. I love that. I love that. So next what we're going to do is we're going to get into a time machine. So you're going to take a moment and close your eyes if you'd like. Okay. And we're going to go in this time machine and we're going to go back in time to when you were 16 and oh. you're going to step out of your time machine and you see your 16-year-old self standing mm -hmm. in front of you. What is the first thing that you say to her? Oh, the first thing I say to the, to say to her is don't listen to them. Don't listen to them because they're trying to hold you back. They're only giving you advice based on their own fear and anything that you have in your heart and in your mind that you set out to do, do it. How you feel deep down inside, how you want your life to look, 
20, 30 years from now, do what you need to do. Do not listen to them. Mm. Boom. That's what I would say. I love it. I love that. I love that. So we're going to step back into our time machine. Okay. (laughs) And we're going to go all the way forward. We don't know how far forward, but we're going to go all the way to the end. And you're going to see the end. What do you want to be remembered for? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be remembered for helping people become the best versions of themselves all the way to the end of their lives and to help help people change mindsets about how their later years are supposed to be. I want to be remembered for helping the, you know, 50-something-year-old woman break free of old mindsets and be a better 60-year-old woman than she was in her 40s. I just want to be remembered for helping people just live their best life, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So take a deep breath in and a long breath out and gently begin to blink your eyes open when you're ready. All right. Well, before I release you into the rest of your day, there's one last thing I like to offer, and that is a little mini oracle pool. So I have this Oracle deck called the Oracle of E, which I really love. And it's exactly a 52 card deck. Time for a break. Time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. So it's exactly a 52-card deck, and I just want you to pick... A number between 1 and 52. Okay, let's do uh, 13 came to mind. 13. Okay, cool. And I'm also going to pull the number for today's date, which is the 30th. And it's the 30th already. Dang. Okay. Well, there we are. So <laughs> I guess that happened. I guess we made it to the 30th. Oh, it's the 31st. It's, it's the, the 31st. 31st. That's right. That, that's yes. right. Thank you. See, I was trying to hold on to the day. It's the 31st. Thank you. Okay. So yes. this is a super fun deck. It's super cute. So, and each of the cards has a little message. So the first one for number 13 that you selected, the mm-hmm. card says entangled. Oh. <laughs> it reminds me of, I think we think of Jada and Will, entanglement. Yes. Is it a bit of yes. entangled? It's entangled. I don't, it doesn't. I'm like, who says? Who says? Who says I'm entangled? So the message from the book says, um, you would probably call what's about to happen synchronicity or maybe even coincidence. Au contraire, the big truth is you are already connected to everything and everyone. Quantum physics has its own name for it, which is entanglement. The reason it appears that all the ducks are lining up on your behalf right now is because you're finally paying attention. Let the games begin. Okay. Okay. And then (laughs) 31 is the superhero card and the message is right now you've got superhuman strength the truth is you always have but most of the time you don't need it why bother everything's rocking along just fine you are about to learn how cool how strong and how amazing you truly are okay i received that Yes. yes. I received that all of it. Yes, yes. Well, this has been a delight. I always enjoy talking to you and I love how our conversation just flows 
So naturally, I just want to say thank you again for saying yes to being a part of this. You know, this podcast started two years ago at a, not even two, shoot, damn near three years ago at a time in my life where things were a lot different than they are right now. And you are a person who can attest to where that was, but, um, but it's been, it's been a journey to get here and I'm just grateful for everything that, you know, I've learned and for our talks, you know, sitting at that restaurant and at the 900 Ocean Building, looking out at the water. Oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. You know, and just like you have always just been a person who's just been so positive and also so honest and transparent with all of your wisdom and advice that you offer. Oh, so, thank you so much. Yes, I appreciate you for just being so open and just keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to also seeing what's coming, you know, for you and what's coming from you and always here to support in any way that I can. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just happy that we're finally moved and I have my little space here. I always wanted a space where I could sit and read and write and create and just close the door and I got even got so lucky. I even have my own bathroom. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. You know, so it has its own bathroom. So, you know, dreams come true, y'all. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, dreams they do. come true. Yes, they but in, it's, in all seriousness, thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. I um, did a bunch of things like in faith, like buying a podcast microphone, just to have it so yes. that I could see it every day mm-hmm. because having a podcast is something that I wanted to do, you know, but um, seeing you take it on and do it and have some success with it. That's inspiring to me, especially like the last three, four years of your life is just an inspiration. And I can't wait for you to write the book on that. Oh, it's coming. Just saying. And, um, <laughs> Put that in your purse. purse. Um, Yes, ma'am. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, as soon as I, like I said, April 8th, I am just, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm on my, back on my journey. So I will have, I'll have some offerings coming up pretty soon. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Lori. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No problem. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. It's time to wrap this up and I just want to say very sincerely thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day and I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment I see the light, I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity and the pure joy that shines within each of you and I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.